Welcome to the Coach's Nook, a taste of no-nonsense HR with a sprinkle of coaching. I'm Anna Maria. And I'm Athena. We are two passionate HR professionals who love to discuss all things HR, anything from coaching employees and managers to policies and compliance, and anything in between that people might find hard to talk about. Every episode, we'll be sharing our experiences, practical tools and techniques, and real talk that will help guide the way to fulfilling your HR needs. So grab your favorite drink and join us for the conversation. Welcome to the Coach's Nook. We are back. It feels like we've been away for a long time and our our goal was to record and release a podcast every couple of weeks, but life has taken us off track a little bit and here we are back at it with a hot topic and one that I'm hearing about everywhere as I turn in the HR world. Employees want flexibility and choice and they aren't afraid to ask for it. So if you're an employer who is not open to offering what they're asking for and adapting to current needs, you risk losing some very good candidates and employees because they are prepared to look elsewhere or even walk away. So choice and flexibility truly have become the new currency. In this episode, we'll be discussing different options employers can offer that gives employees flexibility and choice. We will discuss how these options are relevant and how they impact today's business. We will talk about how to go about implementing options and the advantages and disadvantages to offering flexibility and choice both to the employee and the employer. There's no one-size-fits-all approach here. The key to successfully implement this flexibility initiative is to involve employees in the discussion, ensure affordability within the organization, and it aligns with the company culture. Absolutely. It needs to be there. I'm going to list options that we know about, and we will briefly discuss what they are. Let's get started. In-office hybrid remote work that was formerly known as telecommuting, flexible work hours, compressed work week, a mouthful nine-day fortnight, (laughs) unlimited vacation time, Job sharing, work sharing, gradual retirement. Athena, these are a few that we would like to highlight. Yeah, there's definitely quite a few to choose from. And that's a good thing because there could be something for everyone. So let's get started. The pandemic is now forcing employers to offer flexibility because when the world shut down, we found other ways to do our work and keep businesses running. And this continues to impact us today. Employees know they can work remotely and now want to work remotely. The common question asked by employees is, give me a reason as to why I can't work remotely. Employees want the flexibility and choice to decide on when they need to come to the office and when they can work from home. So hybrid is a very popular topic nowadays. That is certainly the case, Athena. And you know what? It makes recruiting and retaining high quality employees that much more challenging if the option to work remotely with a limited number of days in the office is not given. This leads me to our next point on flexible work hours. This deals with allowing flexible start times to meet the needs of the employee 
with the expectation that the employees will be present during core working hours of 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., for example. This allows employees to drop kids off at school in the morning if they start later or vice versa, starting earlier to leave earlier for pickup duty. Makes a huge difference in the employee's quality of life and meeting the demands of the personal life. I wish that was available to me when my children were younger and as a single mom at the time. Yeah, that would have been amazing. And you know, the flip side to that can also be having the word flexibility when taking care of aging parents, which is very relevant to the sandwich generation as we're now called. And, and I'm right in that. And so am I. We could be called worse, you know. <laughs> yeah. There's also the compressed work week, Anna Maria. And compressed work weeks shorten the number of days you need to work and allow you to make your own schedule. So for example, if your regular work week is about 40 hours, then you can complete those hours within four days in a week rather than five. So the compressed work week allows you more days off and it's beneficial for those who want to reduce the cost of commuting to and from work. You know what, Athena? I used to work crazy hours in corporate HR and easily work 10-hour days and really never had a day off to compensate with the exception of a vacation. Wow, what a difference this makes in one's life. The next option that's similar to a compressed work week is the da-da-da nine-day fortnight. <laughs> if ever I'll get my tongue around that which is working the equivalent of your two weeks contracted hours over nine days, enabling the employee to take a day off. Athena, I believe you experienced this. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I actually experienced this in my first role in HR working for the government. It was, it was kind of cool for a young newbie like me coming out of school. And the schedule allowed me to work a bit more for nine days in my schedule. And then I had every second Monday off. And I remember most people working this schedule chose the Friday off and others took Wednesday. But I found that when taking the Friday or the Wednesday off, you're still kind of in work mode because you're leading up to Friday and you're still kind of run, run, go, go. And then for the Wednesday, you're, you know, you work Tuesday, you're off Wednesday, you're back Thursday. So you don't really get to enjoy or, or the day off that you get. But when I had the Monday off, you're coming off of the weekend, you have Saturday and Sunday off, you're still in weekend mode and you truly get to en enjoy that day off. It was kind of fun. Now, unlimited vacation time is another option to offer to entice candidates and to retain employees. And I'm seeing this more and more with small startup companies and with tech organizations. It's really very different from what we're used to. And it's actually almost scary to know that employees can take as much vacation as they want in a year. But it's a mindset. And with the right policy and parameters in place, it can be very empowering and rewarding to employees and will pay off in productivity. Change of mindset is a definite understatement. I have seen it gradually seep into larger organizations. It is totally doable with the guidelines in place and the option to refuse vacation requests if many are asking for the same time off. So a first come, first served statement must be part of the policy also, it is important to state if the request for vacation is abused, the employee will lose the privilege and only have 
legislative requirements as vacation, as stated in the ESA, for example. Next option is job sharing. When your employer allows job sharing, you typically split your job position with others, along with the required work hours and responsibilities. So employees who participate in job sharing a job are part-time employees, while the employees combined are the equivalent of a single full-time employee, or as we say in HR, FTE, full-time equivalent. This allows you to navigate your career while providing you with more time for personal responsibility and leisure, or vacation, whatever. Another option is work sharing. And we experienced this type of work during the recession of 2009. The organization I used to work for used this option twice actually, but that's not important. Discussing the concept is an employer Participating employees in Service Canada enter into an agreement that the employees will work reduced hours, share available work, and receive EI benefits to compensate for lost wages. What is important to remember is that everyone in the organization participates to keep the business running. Like any other government program, the applications, the paperwork, reporting is quite a pain in the butt. Pardon my French. <laughs> so is the key difference between job sharing and work sharing that one is a government program? How would you explain the differences? They sound a little similar to me. Yes, that's exactly it. Job sharing is a company initiative offered to interested employees, whereas work sharing is a government program to help companies through difficult times and stay afloat. Now with COVID, more options were introduced for the employers, specifically for COVID, but we won't get into them here. Okay. Next up is gradual retirement. And I think this is our final option that we've uncovered here. And I feel like gradual retirement is self-explanatory, but I know that it's a very interesting and familiar topic for you, Anna Maria. So how about you give us your thoughts and tell us how it works? Right off the top of my head, I love it, and I will not go back to full-time corporate HR. When I was packaged out of my last job, I took some time off to start my coaching business, and then I found a part-time HR job for a very small family business. I am the HR department. I do payroll. Can you imagine? So guess what? You can teach an old dog new tricks. Of course you can. You're never too old to learn new things. Payroll always reported to me as head of HR. However, I never transact the payroll. A shout out to all the payroll people in our audience. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and besides having a greater respect for the work they do. Okay. I also do health and safety, employee relations, and part of the senior management team that sets strategy as well as everything in between, such as policies, recognition programs, et cetera, et cetera, is perfect for me. If I was a full-time employee and wanted to gradually retire, my salary would be prorated and I would work three or two days per week, whatever option I wanted. It was implemented in my former organization and it worked like a charm for those that use this option. 
it sounds like a great way to gradually exit the workforce and a wonderful way to retain the talent and the skills before it walks out your door and really an amazing opportunity to train the new talent coming into the organization. Absolutely. You know, Athena, people may not be ready for retirement. It could be for financial reasons or they just want to keep busy. Yeah, for sure. This episode um, really was a lot of fun because I, I like the fact that we have so many options to choose from. But let's be clear that some of them bring some disadvantages and are not really beneficial to all employees. What we're seeing in the current workforce is increased communication obstacles. Video calls and instant messaging are not always very efficient. Where we're seeing reduced boundaries, increased isolation, and people are inclined to overwork. So this is where the Working for Workers Act legislation was approved and where employees have the right to disconnect. It's called Bill 79. So stress Anxiety, mental health, and quiet quitting are some more effects and issues that the workplace is facing today. Yeah, it's always important to look at the flip side, the disadvantages. Now, let's look at the advantages when it comes to offering flexibility. And that's, as you know, we look at all the different options when we offer anything. So, there is increased balance between professional and personal life, increased control over personal life, improved productivity, reduced commute time, reduced childcare costs, and increased retention. As you see, there are benefits for both the employer and the employee for offering flexibility. Luckily, there are options to choose from, and we've listed several to consider. So our HR tip for this episode as we come to a close is to understand your employees and their needs to ensure that the flexibility and choice you are offering is for their best interest and will continue to benefit the employer with greater productivity and engagement. And remember to communicate and listen to your employees in order to cater to their needs which will result in positive outcomes for all in the end. Just talk to your people so you know what they want. Thank you for joining the conversation. If you want more information or simply want to pick our brain, go to thecoachesnook.com. And if you love this podcast, we would love for you to like, subscribe, and share. And remember, we are people first, and it's important to focus on the human aspect of HR and lead our organizations with heart and intuition. Until next time.